Welcome, dear readers, to Cover My Ass, where baffling books are reviewed, but not read by yours truly. My name is Kaki. And I'm Kay. And remember, we only judge a book by its cover. And we find ourselves once more amid the towering stacks of your library. The stacks, by the way, which are shaking back and forth under the influence of really unseasonable wind. Yes. Have you noticed that? It is a bit windy nowadays. I think there's something wrong with the roofs. I mean, there's like the... Uh... Have they have they maybe blown off? I mean, there, well, there no, seems to be an awful lot of like cloud formation up there. No, I guess that might be one of the small temporal weather fronts we occasionally get moving here through the library. Is that... What, is that a thing? I haven't, I haven't seen them yes. yet. Well, you've not been paying attention then. I mean, no, it clearly, was foggy the other day, remember? Been... So that was one of the weather fronts. It was what? It was foggy the other day. Oh, that's remember? right. Yeah. That, we, was, that was horribly mysterious. We and, get and, weather and moving through the uh, library. It's like it's big enough to have its own weather system. Oh, that's so cool. You've got the, the daylight windows upstairs, you know, letting light in uh, occasionally. And uh, like, I think there might be some leakage up there. We might have to send some raccoons up there to see if they can uh, fix it up. And, uh, oh, that's such a cute idea. And the little harnesses and, 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 and the OSHA-mandated ha- safety equipment. Little, little hard hat. Absolutely precious. Can you just ima- imagine a raccoon wearing one of those crotch harnesses that they use for mountaineering and safe climbing? That would just look... You know, there, there, there was a Guardians of the Galaxy and he... I suppose, yes. Like, that's that's kind of exactly the look that you're that you're sort of talking about there, except he's having more guns. Rappelling down with big guns. Let's not give them any ideas, shall we? It's like... <laughs> no, but, hey, speaking of guns, what do we have in store for our readers this week? Wow, that's a... Segway Award something. Well, thank you. Well, because well, yeah, it kind of is because if we looked, if you look down at your podcasting device, oh, I suppose right. Yes. Right now, you should should be seeing the cover of today's book, and there's a couple of guns on there, aren't there? There is. It's by David Alexander Smith. It's called In the Cube, Ooh. A, a novel of future Boston. I like that. I like that it says that it's a novel about future. But I like books that say what they're about. Mm. There's a, well, there's like a... the Webster's Dictionary. And... <laughs> yes, that's certainly a very good example. But I mean, how many books do you know that are that have like the subtitle a novel? Yes, uh, the algebraist, a novel. Oh. Yes, I, I, I knew that. Is that maybe that maybe to just, I, I knew that maybe to make it that it's not like part one of a series or. Uh... Um, I mean, what, ooh, what else could... Maybe Future Boston is a, is a whole series. I suppose, yeah. Sort of fancifully I think, it, I imagining think, it, that I think it's, it's more of a uh, thing where they, like, put a little bit of the back blurb on the front. <laughs> Speaking of back blurb... Oh, ah, yeah! Oh! And, and Segway Award. Segway Award goes back to you. <laughs> ah, right. Unexpectedly rising out of the murky Boston Harbour, the mysterious cube becomes a fixture of the city and freelancing exterminator Zoe Logist and her trusty Musbat 621 try to claim squatters' rights before alien relations are established and they're willing to go to any lengths to keep the port authority at bay yes uh, and if you if you look down at your podcasting device you should be seeing the cover of today's book and otherwise you can go to covermyasscast.com and look for episode 64 or you can look on twitter if you're listening to this in the same week that it's coming out we're cover my ass cast there and, and you can also check the uh, show notes for an image and a link because it's a doozy like there's a huge fuck off cube jutting I mean, out of the it's like literally what it says it's like yeah. a cube which is coming up out of the water and what I assume is Zoe and her musk bat. Both I mean, pointing guns at the, at the, at the viewer. Yes. If you look at 621's claws, like, how does it work? Like, he's got yeah, a huge yeah. he's got a huge thumb claw, but he's like got an, an even huger pinky claw. I know. Well, I guess the rest are sort of curled around 
the uh, trigger guard yeah, yeah. or in the well, uh, if you look hovering at the, on the trigger. If you look the at the trigger. other hand, you can see that they're also big, but it, like, it looks like that pinky claw is almost bigger than... Well, okay, so uh, that's, that's 621, and the claws are really out of control, but I think that's due to Zoe Logist, and uh, what, a, what, a, what a lovely name that uh, is, isn't it? It's a bit of an obvious shoe-in, but yeah. <laughs> Aside from being a freelance exterminator, uh, that's an offshoot of her original career in reverse zoology, <laughs> yeah. which, yes, yeah, I thought it was a very interesting science where instead of, like, studying nature and describing all of its marbles, you decide what nature should be and you and Make you describe so. yes exactly so that's why she yeah. wound up with experiment 621 <laughs> uh, careful we don't want disney suing us <laughs> a musk bat Actually, that's right it's experiment 61 is it what you mean stitch from leo yeah. and stitch no 626 sorry that's six, close yeah sorry yeah, yeah, 626 okay. so i think we're safe i think we're safe like, that's not an e number is it <laughs> I, I like the idea that like even though it's, it's called a musk bat it looks more owlish to me here yeah he doesn't really have like much in the way of wings. I think there are wings. Oh no, that's her hair. Yeah, that's right. That's her lovely auburn hair. Yeah. That's the same color as. But then, like his perch is really weird, and, and he's got but, these yeah. sort of flippers, more like raccoon peats. Like, oh, they're but they're yeah. huge. They're, like they're yeah, wrapped all over their shoulder. Yeah, they're long-toed. Got claws on his hind feet, but not quite as big as in the front. Then, of course, we've got the beaver teeth or yeah. mus- muskrat teeth, I suppose. He's got the lovely little overbite. I think the uh, bat part is mostly because he's got Nosferatu ears. Is that what they're called? He's got little Nosferatu, little uh. pointy. Like the dread vampire. Now, of course, uh, her muskmat is not her first experiment. He's, he's experiment six twenty six. So we are we are in 21. the. 620. I did it again there, yeah. didn't I? Oh, I wonder how many more times I can make a horrible mistake like that before Disney actually fucking sues as us. As long as we don't sing any Disney tunes, I think we're going to be fine. Oh, that's great. We're, we're introduced to some of her previous exploits as a, as a reverse zoologist. Experiment 42, Rhinosomos, mm. which is not... I mean, it's it, kind of the worst of both worlds. It required frequent watering, and it didn't really go anywhere. No, and, and it was still extremely dangerous and, and, and yeah, kind of horny. Very, yeah. <laughs> Took the words right out of my mouth there. A, a little bit more successful, but also still quite dangerous, was the Tyena, so half tiger and half hyena. Yeah, I can see how those would be dangerous. I mean, a tiger with a biting force of a hyena would be like... One is a hunter, and the other one is a... Scavenger. Uh, is, a is a scavenger, exactly. And so, so it mostly eats wanted... everything. Its own leftovers. Yeah. And it was just... Like, as soon as it killed something, it was unhappy because it was too fresh, and then it left it a while, and then it was unhappy because it was too old. Fresh, and so yeah. it was just... Yeah. That's what refrigeration was in for a man. I think this is where Zoe turned into into a bit of an exterminator because she keeps having to get rid of her own experiments. And I mean, that is down. a good way to get a good business model going. Like, first yeah. you create a problem and then you sell the solution to the yes, problem. Exactly. And as long as nobody knows that, that, that you're actually the source <laughs> of these problems. Yeah. Uh, and so the next one that she that she introduced actually became a bit of a fad. It was the Chi Huawa. Yeah, so the, I can see how those would be like little, adorable little cheetahs, hyperactive, like yeah. zipping all around the place and just chirping and purring. Yeah. And you can you can have one on your lap if you can uh, if you can manage if you it. can manage get, get it to sit still for long enough. Then yeah, you know Chihuahuas actually take very well to to training. My um, my sister in law's ex, which is a, a few a few steps removed, I think, was a trainer of police dogs. And when they got a Chihuahua. Like, he applied his police dog training. And, yeah. Like, the little animal was was incredibly smart. He could take him into a new place, like my mother-in-law's home, and, like, set it down and just 
with his finger, point and draw an imaginary line and say, that's the red line, and they would not... Cross little, it. Yeah, they would not uh. cross it. They would stand there and whine and, and, and... Oh, I made a horrible ass of myself at one point because it, it, Dickie, the little pup, was uh. called, and she was, she was great, and she was, and she was very independent, like, uh, like chihuahuas usually are. And I, and I, and I picked her up and, and played with her, and she, and she was, she was having a great time. And then I was, I was called away. Oh, oh, Kaki, can you come over here? Yeah, yeah, no problem. Now I'm used to cats, so I just fucking dropped it. Wait, is dog not cat? No, exactly. And the, and the, and the little, she was just. Uh. Yeah, I mean, she wasn't hurt, but she'd never been like fucking dropped from arm height no, before. No, I get that. And it's like I, I heard someone talk about this the same the same issue either with with a dog as well. And it's like because like why it's like don't you put cats down? And it's like no, no. If you if you try to put a cat down, it tries to get off itself and it turns into a mess and everybody's unhappy. You yeah. kind of you kind of just like gently let them go and they'll sort themselves out. Yeah. Whereas dogs, yeah. like yeah, no, you have to kind of like put them down and like make sure that they're on their feet. Paws on the ground yeah. and like no, that's the that's the worst because what what goes through a cat's mind when you try to put them put them down? Oh no, he's going to crash me. I don't know. I, I think it? it's like that's where I want to go and I'm going to get there on my own because I'm a strong you're independent slowing me cat. Down. Yeah, yes, exactly. Except you're only you only weigh nothing and we keep insisting on on picking you up and kissing you. And that's why they're so pissy, yes. It's... So they were actually a bit of a... The Chihuahuas were, were actually a yeah. bit of a windfall for, for, for Zoe Lodges. Yes. Like they, were, they were very, very popular. Uh, unfortunately, then they started breeding on their, on their own and you got Chihuahua farms and she... I mean, she wasn't like... This is her thing. She's just a, she's just a woman struggling in, in Boston to, uh, uh, to, to, to make it independently and just, and just make a little money on the side, right? Mm. I mean, that's what you're going. Like, she studied at the famous university. She, unfortunately, oh, she, which which university was that? One of the two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So, so one but, of us has done some research about Boston. But she, b- but she made the classic mistake of walking across the seal, and you know that's like you're going to have to explain that. To okay, me. so uh, hopefully, in a few the, more listeners. I think it's in one of the plazas at the university. There's yeah. this, there's this big seal. It's not actually a seal. It, uh, shield coat of arms. I think it's, it's officially called. So it's like a sigil emblazoned on right. the on the. On the ground. Yes, and the, the the myth is that if you if you walk across it, you will not graduate. Ooh. <laughs> and you know, some, oh, wow. some, some people have have clearly defied <laughs> this, some... but that's that, that's a superstition. Well, I mean, seals are pretty fierce creatures. Like if you step on one, <laughs> no, think about it. If you, no, and guess. also, why do they have a live seal? Just that just, would be the seal. Of dis- that would be the seal of disapproval. <laughs> 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 Maybe yeah. Zoe got like had a, uh, got onto that as well. I'm sure that was one of her experiments. Yes, the seal of disapproval, uh, uh, not quite as as popular or as effective as her uh, ocelotter, ah. who is the reason that nobody swims in the in the Bay of Boston. Anymore. Ah, yes, the creature of Pleasure Bay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they are they are adorable, but if you if you get into the water with them, they will. They're a bit rapey. You, whoa! Oh, is no. that is that? Well, you know, it's called Pleasure Bay for a reason. It's just not. I mean, that is the thing about otters, right? They are they are a bit rapey. They're, they're these they're these really cool creatures, and you see them you see them playing. Oh, I was once the boyfriend and I went to Lisbon, mm. and in Lisbon they have a beautiful oceanarium there that is built around a gigantic uh, uh, tank, like so large, the entire building multiple floors are built around it so you go up these uh, spiraling steps mm. and you encounter multiple different like biospheres in this same, same continuous tank, tank oh, which one. is that's fucking fantastic. great yeah. and it has a it has a connection to the the outside and the outside has they have like penguins oh. uh, but it's and 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 otters but it's all the same water so the otters can can actually sort of take a dive down and go through a cave system you know just chasing bubbles like they like to play and brush past like a fucking shark are they uh, sea otters or uh... well there was a I, I saw a moonfish there mm. 
So moonfish is, I think, a saltwater creature. So yeah. They have to be Mush. sea otters yeah. rather than... Uh, I mean, I know river otters occasionally can go into the sea as well. They just like don't ah. like it quite as much. No, I imagine not. I so, believe there was a, a case of this happening a few years ago in oh, yeah. San Francisco where there was an old seawater pool, which is just on the far side of the uh, Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, it used to be a huge swimming complex, gorgeous, uh, road Com- to Wellville-style oh, like buildings. A, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, and, and the water was like regularly refreshed, literally by tidal action, if I'm not mistaken. Wow, that sounds amazing. It just like opened and closed the sluice gates at the right time to just like refresh the water. Incredible. It was the seawater. And like the, the building like, it has long since broken down but the but some of the ponds and pools are still there and there was like an otter actually uh, made its well, may went in there and was just like gallivanting around the uh, pools. That's amazing. Probably a young one who was sat on its own to find its own bit of territory as they want oh, to do. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, so uh, 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 Pleasure Bay is unfortunately uh, swarmed with ocelots Lotters denying. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. you know, it makes for great uh, tourist shots. Uh, oh, f- absolutely. Just stay the fuck away from there because uh, they will tear you to shreds. And Zoe will, of course, be there, like doing her trapping and setting. And turns out they've got very nice pelts, also lotters. And they're yeah. really, of course, there's still a bit of a thing on the fur trade. She calls it pest control, but nevertheless, like her preferred method of extermination is guns. That's what we see her doing. She's just busting in there. Oh, you got a cockroach infestation? Yeah. No problem. I've got this. Uh, guns. What sort of gun is, is she holding? Holding, by I the way, honestly, and, and I six honestly, two one. What's he holding? I think they're using they're they're holding similar guns. Uh, yeah, right. And it's it's weird, you know. Maybe it's, I think it's one of the alien guns because we've been waiting for the the, the aliens to arrive. Because mm-hmm. the uh, uh, of course the, the the story is about uh, David Alexander Smith is in the Cube, a novel of future Boston. The sudden arrival of what we know as the Zorglabian prefab, mm. like a, a giant building, just arrives. Uh, uh, crushing several other buildings, like there is some. Oh, there's it's, some. It's, yeah. it's, they they want to make sure that it's connected to the city. I mean, they only crush a few of them, but yeah. it's like yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. kind of like basically like a Kowloon walled city just gets oh dropped in, into Boston Bay. It does have a lot of the sort of Kowloon feel of. Yeah. I mean, that's that doesn't exist anymore, does it? No, it's been torn down. Yeah, which is a shame. Uh, the, well, the, in the bottom left of the cover, you can see the the old Boston part. I can think, there's yeah, a little the bit of church buildings. there, and it's kind of like the peninsula that was running out into water, which now ends in the cube. Yeah, which which does have power, which the rest of the of the port apparently no, does. I don't well, see any no, lights there's, there's, on. There's a few lights oh, on the bottom there? left. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Besides, it's like light outside. Everything's in the shadow of the building. It's sunrise, I guess. So. That's right. See, we come from the Netherlands, which is flat as a mirror, so we never really think about, like, terrain. mountains and <laughs> terrain. Yeah, exactly. But... I had that experience while while I was staying out in uh, uh, in Colorado in the in the mountains outside of, of Denver. I was shooting a wedding there, and I'd done the math like what time is dawn because I wanted to get some photos mm. of dawn light. And I and I got up in time, and out I went, and it was still dark because that's dawn if you can see the horizon. Right. And, and yeah. it's another hour or two before it makes it over the next fucking mountain. So, <laughs> Yes. And it's like, especially like when you're in Edinburgh or something and you're like walking down the street and you like lean over the low wall which is here for some reason and then the next street over is down there 10 meters lower and you're like Oh yeah. Two parallel streets not being at the same level is a completely alien concept for us over here. Yes. It's <laughs> I love Edinburgh though. Like it's a fantastic it's city. Yeah. We have some excellent friends out there. Um, uh, I forget what the Oh, I once knew what the nickname of, of Edinburgh was, but I do know what the nickname of Boston is, mm-hmm. or one of the the, yeah. the, the the nicknames is the the city of notions, oh. uh, which I think Zoe kind of kind of represents because she sees this thing arrive and like okay, so the revelation there is alien life 
out there. Like, there, there is an intergalactic community. There is some kind of contact being made. That's what's all over the news. But she sees fucking opportunity, opportunity knocks. Yeah. Yes, exactly. We've got the next thing uh, immediately petitioning for squatters' rights, uh, as mentioned on the, on the on the back cover blurb. She she finds a way inside before even the uh, the Zorglabian uh, well, I mean, aliens she, yeah, are. She's, she's out there in a little Zoe Diak. This... <laughs> <laughs> Making yes. her way across the water. <laughs> yes. Just fucking shooting uh, ocelotters in the head as she's, as she's driving past, which is her. Pulling them out with a net or having musk bats swoop over the water and, just like, pick them right out. murking them in the back of the head. Oh, it's such a brutal book for, for someone who's a, a supposedly a reverse zoologist. Well, you know, you have to, like, kill your darlings, I believe. This is, or maybe that's a writer thing, not a general scientist. <laughs> yes. Yeah, she's one of those reverse scientists. <laughs> yes. As soon as she makes her way over uh, and does her first little investigation of the place, not actually noticing the fact that the place is... I mean, she's trying to claim squatters' rights, yeah. but it's already kind of occupied. It is a bit. Because it turns out that the Zorgblastians... Uh, are, Zor- Zorglabians. Uh, sorry, Zorglabians. You thought, named these back at the. Uh, no, uh, you you read this name in a, in in. Uh, I think our, it's from our first book from Aliens in Space. Oh, Zorglabians. Oh, okay, so are. Uh, working on their dumping practices, avoiding the uh, import yeah. tariffs. Basically, what they're doing is like they, they're dropping off their alien slums. Like the Kowloon Walled City parallel was actually quite so, a- like astute. prefabricated housing designed for uh, uh, low-income aliens. Yep. right. And, uh, they ha- and they figure out that like there's no import tariffs on those on Earth, and they drop them right there. And your problem now. Yep. Now, of course, uh, this being this being Boston, which is a which is a forward Boston. thing. I I kind of I kind of <laughs> appreciate that David Alexander Smith didn't include any of those any of those particular like there's no there's no specific uh, shibboleths. There's no there's there's no. no one called fucking Sackager and then figure out how you spell that uh. or the other way around. I mean, when mm. you when you uh, that, would be funny. It. that would be funny. A, a reverse shibboleth is like you say a word. A reverse shibboleth. <laughs> like, yeah, like I'm going to tell you a word and you have to write it down and if you get it wrong we execute you oh that's fantastic oh we can do that with our with our non-dutch speaking readers of, at home because that was a hey that was a, a okay so shibboleth for for our readers at home uh, uh, the word comes from uh, the bible and it's uh, it's from some some refugees from a war were crossing a uh, were crossing a river and the bridge was guarded by the winners of the war and they wanted to kill any of the survivors from the other side and so they would show them a piece of parchment with the name of place written on it and depending on how they pronounced it they would kill them or not and that's the literal town name Shibboleth and mm. how, you, how you pronounce it there's plenty of li- real life examples like in the Netherlands both sides in the war the English use Scheveningen it's like tr- try to either get a German infiltrator or an English infiltrator to pronounce that right yes and like, both, of them... both sides used it yeah and even before the second world war the last king of Friesland mm. a proud province up north where they speak a, a distinct language related to Dutch and English this king his his army was more of a was more of a junta. They were more of a a, a, a roving band of guerrilla. Yeah, uh, is what they were doing. And they would they would burst into town and they would break into into someone's house and they would force like the man of the house to read this this note. And if they could say it correctly, then they knew they were free and they were oh, fine. Yeah, Otherwise, they'd they killed. Get oh, and the dear. note said, "Buterbre and Grinitzis." Which, to an, an English-speaking person, is much more understandable. Like butter, butter bread, bread and, and, green and green cheese. cheese. Yeah. yeah, but very hard to understand for a, 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 yeah. a Dutch... A Dutch-speaking person. I mean, and they're, they're a non-verbal shibboleth as well, I believe. they. What? Uh, yes, no, in um, Islamic countries, it's like basically the, the, the way you hold your hands while praying. 
is also a, a, a big indication. It's like, oh wow, whether, yeah. I think it's whether you hold them palms forward or palms out. It's like the like the like the saluting. Oh. Like, do you salute with your palm down or with your palm forward? Again, another one for the from from World War Two. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the American salute is with a, with a palm toward your cheek and your and your hand held diagonally. And the German and the, one is with your palm forward. Yeah. Uh, and the British one as well. Do you oh, know why sorry. that is? Oh no. That resembles the gesture of a knight with a helmet opening, opening their visor. Their visor. Yes. Right, and you lift it up, and yeah. you point your palm forward. That's yeah, that's that the makes sense. what the what the and of course, like is. as we see in, in Glorious Bastards, uh, where he orders the uh, <laughs> yes, that's right, where he, he orders, orders the three three beers, and instead of holding up his thumb and two fingers, he holds up three fingers or the other way around. I can't yeah, remember the middle which one three it is. Fingers, yeah, yeah. and the German three is the is the thumb and the, yeah. and the first two. Yeah, and that's it's like, right. So there's like there's loads of those. Oh yeah, there's another, there's another one. Like I once uh, successfully recognized someone from Orlando because I, I asked ah, him. They did, the, they did the Disney point. They did the Disney point, that's right, where they point with either their whole hand or with two fingers, because yeah. in Disneyland they're taught not to point with one finger, because there are certain cultures in which that's... An impolite gesture. Yeah, and, and like the full hand point is always yeah. fine. Oh, oh, one of my friends had a, had this fantastic book. Wow, we're never going to get around to this actual <laughs> no. book, but this is so fucking great. Um, so it was, a, it was a book about hand gestures in yeah. different cultures, and it explains different hand gestures that you can make, and what they mean in, in different cultures. And it had a table where it took different hand gestures and different associated meanings mm -hmm. and different countries. And then for every country, it asked 40 people from that country yeah. whether you associate this hand gesture with that meaning. Yeah. Right? So do you associate like the, the flat hand toward you, the bras main, the, yeah. the, the fat hand in, in France, yeah. as a, a, an insulting aggressive? Right. right. And in France, yes. And in Greece, yes. And in Britain, no, it means wait. It yeah. doesn't mean fuck you. It means no. wait. Yeah, exactly. Or, or, or hold on a second. Like, it's, it's, it's not mean. Or like showing the underside. But seeing this table was so cool because you have these, these, these related countries. Like, uh, uh, I think Czechia and Slovakia were already separated there. No, but no. like related, closely related countries yeah. that agree on a lot of things. And then they don't agree on one particular oh, that's, thing. So that must be extremely regional then. Must be extremely regional. Yes, yeah. exactly. So I wonder if maybe that's the case. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm petitioning for another Segway Award here for... Like in Boston, is the pointing of the gun? Does that maybe mean something different? It could than, be than we do. Is that maybe more of a like an affectionate like it could be like do. like finger guns? Except they, like this being Boston, they use real guns. It's like, with hey, you're guns. cool when you point a gun with, at someone with with the finger like on the trigger and well, on the trigger guard. Like well, speaking of that, like now I notice the difference between uh, Muskbats gun and Zoe's. Uh, Muskbats doesn't have I, a trigger guard. Yes, I imagine that's because of the giant claw and how much time it would take him to thread that, that makes, claw through. That makes, the, it, that makes yeah. sense. You know, like maybe that's just like an extreme version like finger guns is like you're cool yeah. like gun gun is actually you're really cool gun gun with the finger on trigger on the finger is like you better trust with the, me with the what on the what what did with you say the with the, the, with the, the trigger on the figure uh, <laughs> trigger on the figure yes that sounds like <laughs> sounds like unsafe gun practices but yeah maybe well you would know as a as a as an expert uh. and like the expertise is the is the is the issue at hand because Zoe Lodges she does successfully infiltrate this this prefab sort of slum that's been mm -hmm. dumped here. She basically climbs on top, sits there on top of it, and tries to claim squatters' rights. So she was she's sitting triumphantly on the big gate leading into the thing when the Massport authorities people show up and go yeah. like, "Oh, this is illegally parked here." And so like, and that's when she realised she's made a mistake. It's like, "This is mine," and you go like, "Well, you're not allowed to leave it there." And then she's like, "Oh." 
didn't think of that. <laughs> yeah. At this point, also the the, the Zoglabians are, are are like broadcasting their their message of disdain toward toward the Earth. Like your problem now, you touched it last. Which Zoe sort of sees as a as a as an opportunity, like claiming responsibility for what ultimately turns out to be a huge mega community of aliens who, in their own cultures, are like lower skilled workers, but. These are spacefaring civilizations of incredible advancement, and so arriving here on this on this comparatively yeah, they, primitive they, planet, they all have this like issue of like, oh, we've been like bled dry for water and oxygen recently, and we can't really do anything, and our skills aren't really in demand. And then she she starts to find out like the things that she knows, and maybe that's where the where Muspat's guns coming from. It was, uh, you know, it's probably one of the aliens ones, and hers. I mean. Okay, it, it kind of looks alien as well, because I can't imagine who would, like, design iron sights like around that gun. But that's, It sort of looks like a rook from a chessboard. It does a bit, with a, yeah. It, from a, like, I mean, Lord of the Rings Mordor chessboard I mean, rook. It, it looks like someone had explained to them how gun sights work, but not actually ever seen a picture of it. All right, well... To our readers at home, how would you explain how gun sights work, right? So front, just you, think- you've got a front sight and the rear sight, yep. and the front sight is just a little post, and the, re- the rear sight is a bar with a gap in it, and the gun's aligned if the post fills the gap. Okay, and that's well, kind of what you have here. You've of- got, like, a post and a gap, and... And it's so and offset as well. That's what I mean. It's like she's clearly pointing roughly... Let's call it artistic license and be done with it. Well, she's not even looking down the sights. Like, she's, no. she's holding it at, oh, no, at chest not. height. Yeah. Uh, and certainly Muskvat 621 uh, is, yeah. uh, uh, I mean, he's he's kind of shooting from the, like, literally I mean, from the he's, hip. He's, That's a he's more or less so. used to, like, pointing his gun wherever she's pointing it. I mean, like, he's, he's just, uh, like, yeah, I mean, he's, yeah. like, fairly intelligent for a Muskvat. It's yeah. mimicry. He's like, oh, guns guns go there? Okay, guns go there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that makes him a bit of an amplifier. He's less of a liability than the than the Taina or the Chihuahua or the Ocelot. Well, and, clearly more intelligent, too. And so this, this, this community of comparatively extremely highly skilled, extremely valuable alien uh, uh, arrivals. Like, they're being beset on all sides by the Massachusetts Port Authority uh, and, and instructed to leave, which they have no ability to do because the cube doesn't yeah. have... Propulsion yeah. has just been dropped there and they're like, hey, we're here to stay. Yeah, like, exactly. what are you going to do? And so it's Zoe who, uh, because this is the city of notions, she has an idea that, that, that can actually make this make this work out. So acquiring some weapons, she stands up to the, the, the Port Authority. Mass- she holds yeah. them at, at, at bay, like... Leading the fish pier riots uh, into into <laughs> yeah. Boston City proper, where the aliens promptly get lost because they can't deal with a uh, non-grit uh, street structure. Which yes, is <laughs> that's right. That's I did. I remember that about Boston. It has a it has it's a, spaghetti. Well, it's, I mean, okay, it's I mean, European. I was going to say to uh, to us Europeans, it, it makes it, complete it, sense. Yeah, it has like, a center, <laughs> and it has a and it has a radius and spoke and wheel structure, and it's not just a fucking like. Yeah. The structure of rectangles, much like the much like the cube, uh, and so at the at the height of the of the of the violence that erupts in Boston over the arrival of the cube, she resolves the issue by declaring that this is not a squat. Mm. And it's not like an alien incursion. It is that real estate paradox that is at once horrifying and desired, that nightmare and jewel uh, of the real estate empire. It is a timeshare. Oh. In the proper tradition of like her, her profession, it is a reverse timeshare. So instead of being able to live in a certain house that's in a certain place a certain amount of time, that house is now going to be on your planet 
for a certain amount of time. It turns into a bit of a cultural thing. It becomes a popular place for Bostonians to visit. It develops yeah. its own little thing. I mean, they brought their own entertainment. They have this like wonderful band called the Dropship Murphys. Uh, <laughs> um, yes. Which uh, manages to draw some local currency into the, uh, uh, into the, uh, yeah. into the Cube's economy. Uh, oh, they're fucking great. I'm such a, I'm such a fan of the Dropship Murphys. <laughs> They, 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 they manage. It turns into a more of a um, beneficial situation to both sides. Like yes. Isn't that the spirit of, of Boston? Like, take what you got and, like, make do. Also get colonized and make do. Okay, no, that is... <laughs> That is that is kind of super duper true. There, there's a little bit of like yeah. historical mirroring in here. I think, no, I think m- Mr. Smith was definitely uh, trying to make some historical parallels here to the way. Oh uh, dear, and and I was sort of swept away by the the colonialist fancies. And yeah, maybe was, I'm not going to call Zoe a Pocahontas, but you know, there's, <laughs> I mean, with her with her companion, animal companion. I mean, the Disney version. Oh yes, the Disney version, yeah. not the not the real version. Oh God, of the Twelve no. year old slave no, no, bride no, 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 who God, was. No. And now that we've brought the readers down just enough, like, I'm I'm kind of curious about the future novels of future Boston, where, I mean... Like, well, where's it I think the sequel's the- called Lobster's Revenge. <laughs> uh, and and so we we have to see what what in the future Zoe Logis does now that there's all of these alien incursion. This alien incursion. What's that going to do for her uh, uh, freelance exterminating or her reverse zoology? Well, I assume there's going to be more species to reverse zoologize exactly. into the environment. And I mean, I think she's looking at a healthy career. So how are we going to rate this book? Oh, that's going to be a difficult one. Um, so. No, we've got a we've got a cube. We need yeah. a cube number. Oh. So a third power number. Oh. Three to the third, twenty-seven. Is that is it is it that well, easy? Why three to the third? Well, it can be four to the third, and then it's. I mean, a cube. Te- a, cube te- a cube technically has six uh, six sides. Four times four. Eight corners. How much was it? Twelve vertices. Four and four, four in the front, four in the back, and then four connecting the the. Wait, are vertices the lines between, yes. or are they the points? Uh, sorry, the points you're right. No, no, you're right. So let's give it. I mean, six out of twelve is a bit low. So let's give it eight out of twelve. Eight out of twelve. So six out of eight is even better, isn't it? Six out of eight is even better. You think, okay, I'll give it eight out of twelve. You give it six out of eight. That's right. And then uh, the average of that is too much math. for us to. <laughs> yes, exactly. I thought it was great. I thought Alexander Smith did a great job with with within the cube. It was a it was is a wonderful mirror for modern society. And speaking of mirrors, can I manage then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you have reflected on today's episode uh, and you would like to let us know what you thought, if you look down at your podcasting device, you should should be seeing uh, an opportunity to maybe leave a review or a couple of stars. And otherwise, you can do that on your on your service of choice. You can also write to us at covermyasscast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And if you have a particular book that you think we ought to review, but not read, then please do let us know because we'd love to hear from you. Now, what do we have in store for our readers next week? Yes, next week's book is by Lewis Grizzard. It's called Don't Bend Over in the Garden, Granny. You know them taters got eyes. <laughs> that about covers it. Thank you for joining us at Cover My Ass, where baffling books are reviewed but not read. By yours truly, my name is Kaki. And I'm Kay. And remember, we, we only judge a book by its cover. cover. Okay, now quickly, we need to take shelter because I think the storm is getting worse. Yeah, oh, Come here. into the hebdomadary pen. In the hebdomadary pen. I don't panic. want to sit in the pen with the abdominal Look, it's safer in there. I would rather seek shelter under the large picture books. Ooh, is that an option? Oh, that's great. Yes. Fuck these abdominaries. I think there are a couple of... Oh, no, this one's everyone's poops. I don't want this book. All my friends are dead is over here. This is worse. I mean, dead friends or poop. Your choice. That's no choice. We're going to the abdominary. Come here, take my hand. I'm going to lead us to safety. Abdominary panic. Here we go. (laughs) 